there's something wrong with this beach. I'm Grace. Wow. Getting right to the juice of it. I'm Bridget. This is the Gossier. And that was just a little foreshadowing for our main topic today. Real heads know. And if you're not a real head, you'll know pretty soon. Yeah, you got to foreshadow that shit because, you know, that's the theme of all of his movies. That's actually what that's what a film director would do is foreshadow. And so that's even more foreshadowing. I'm giving you a lot of clues to the twist that will come at the end of this episode, which is what we'll be discussing in our main topic. Oh, are we going to keep it a secret until we say it? I think why not? (laughs) Okay, so I hope you're on the edge of that seat there. I know. Get some popcorn. That's another (laughs) clue. I just thought of that Michael Jackson gif where he's like (laughs) the the thriller. (laughs) Yeah, he's eating popcorn. Okay, let's just jump into it because we have so many topics today. What a week. What a what a fucking week. Do you want to introduce it? Sure. Okay, so our first segment, as always, is called You Have to Tell Me. And this is the segment where Bridget and I both bring in our own gossip and tell each other about it. So, Bridget, let's start with one of this week's biggest stories. You have to tell me about how Baby said some cringe things and now basically every gay icon is coming after him. Oh, my God. Is this not such a 1994 weird rewind of things and what's great is that all the celebrities who are coming out are just like shut the fuck up yeah no celebrity is like every celebrity is basically like this is so so dumb that he said this we hate him now and okay so to get to it the baby was at a music festival and he made disparaging remarks about hiv aids and junkies of course this prompted the HIV ambassador of the musical world, Elton John. And by that, I mean, Elton John has probably raised maybe more money than any other celebrity for the HIV AIDS cause. And so he's a big name that came out to say, this is terrible that you said this. And this is a stigma that that so many people have had to work through. Dua Lipa, who worked with the baby on a song, came out and said she does not condone what he said. Madonna, of course, came out, but I think she's still trying to like keep her gay ambassador status because I feel like a lot of gays have been coming at her lately for yeah all the stuff she stole from them. Madonna has Madonna has kind of grandfathered herself into a gay icon status, and I think most of the time these days she's just shutting up because she knows nothing good will come of her life if she's no longer a gay icon. Oh yeah, that's who's buying the concert tickets, right? Yeah, but what's even crazier is you had like. Chris Brown. (laughs) Yeah. If Chris Brown is judging you for something and he's correct, you are in the wrong. You got to sit the fuck down. And then did you see what DeBaby said eventually about it? I saw that he issued an apology, but he was also lose literally losing gigs as all this was coming out. So it's like if you don't say something, you're done making money. Well, and then he posted something that was basically like, no one should be leading with hate, like basically being like, don't come after me because I'm uneducated. Oh, and everyone's like, what? Yikes. Uh, I think he he literally threw the first stone. <laughs> yeah, he I mean, he basically implied that anyone who is HIV positive is like dirty. Yes. Which is, again, very 1994, uh, because as we all know, Undetectable means untransmittable. 
Let's all remember that. That's a very easy thing to remember. U equals U. And DeBaby was really blowing up really fast. He was on an upward trajectory and he just, he ruined it for himself by being an idiot. He was on a Dua Lipa song. Dua Lipa is one of today's top gay icons. Levitating, the song he was on, is a gay icon song. And now everyone's just like, oh, we don't need a remix of Levitating. Levitating is fine without you, DeBaby. And did you see Questlove came at him too? And then he made, DeBaby made a comment to say he didn't know who Questlove is. DeBaby, just all you can do right now, honestly, is just say, I am so sorry that I said that. There's no excuse. I'm going to educate myself and then go away for six months. Drop a song with someone who's not a gay icon because they won't take you for your first song back. But drop a song with Justin Bieber or something. And donate tons of money. Yeah. To an HIV foundation. Yeah, there's I mean, there's not an easy way out of this because it's totally gross and awful, but there's actually a pretty easy way to come out on the other side of this. If never universally loved by the gay community, at least you'll get another top 40 hit if you work with the right people. But he's just digging his own grave. Dumbass. And this is the test of cancel culture, right? Like Mm -hmm. if he really shows atonement, Mm -hmm. people will accept him back. And then if he doesn't, Goodbye. Yeah. You'll never be on anything again. I'll tell you what, you won't be on another Lil Nas X song. You won't be on another Dua Lipa song. That will be your peak, my friend. You might end up on this real life. Actually, yeah, that's probably exactly what he'll do. He'll go on Celebrity Big Brother, meet like, I know Ross Matthews won't be on it because he's already been on it. And they'll have a really deep conversation. And then DeBaby will be like, I've learned so much. And he'll be like, that's my redemption. See, I was nice to (laughs) Ross Matthews or Frankie Grande or whoever. Pick your favorite person who would go on Big Brother. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay, Grace, you have to tell me Simone Biles quits. And we, we should just tie in the the other note you have here about uh, old Michael Che. Oh, yeah, this is part of that, too. So big news of the week. Everyone's heard about this. Everyone knows about this is basically Simone Biles dropped out of the finals of the Olympics. She said she wasn't going to compete. She cited her mental health, which is reason enough. Obviously, I think people should quit things more often. Quitting jobs is the highest high I've ever felt. Um, But there's also another side to this that it wasn't really just mental. There's a thing that happens with gymnastics, with gymnasts called the twisties. I don't know if you've heard of this. Um, It's got a very cute name, obviously. But what it means is basically when you get the twisties, you're like up in the air and you get disoriented. Yeah. First of all, I get the twisties walking down the street. Oh, yeah. I get the twisties in cars all the time. Yeah. And I'm not a gymnast. (laughs) I'm not even driving. (laughs) I am laying in my bed having the twisties. I'll tell you that. Oh, boy, that's rough when that happens. (laughs) I'm not I'm not an Olympic gold medalist. And that's okay. Not everything is for everyone. But (laughs) when Simone Biles did her vault, I believe she was supposed to do like three and a half twists. I don't know all the technical terms. I'm not an athlete. She was supposed to do like three and a half twists. And after like in the middle of this first or second twist, she got super disoriented, didn't know where she was. And obviously she had muscle memory and practice enough to land and not hurt herself. But Dominique Mosianu and a number of other gymnasts have come out and basically said, that's a really scary thing. And she very easily could have broken her neck and died in that stunt. And 
if she kept going past that, it would have been very bad. I saw she did the same thing or had the twisties in 2013. Mm. And she was so competitive when that happened back then. She tried to continue with the terminate terminate tournament tournament. <laughs> she tried to continue on with this. Uh, contest of sorts for gymnasts and (laughs) the coach had to pull her off because he could tell that she was disoriented and didn't know what she was doing and she tried to push through it so when this happened again she was like oh I've been here before I know what's going on Mm -hmm. and as usual because people have no other hobbies they're like she ruined the chance to bring a gold medal home for the USA And then Suni Lee brought a gold medal home anyway. So you know what, guys? Shut the fuck up. So Simone Biles is pretty universally beloved at this point. She's pretty much universally appreciated as one of the greatest athletes of all time. And so Michael Che decided to... I don't know what he thought he was doing. Basically, Michael Che then posted jokes about Simone Biles, one specifically about sexual assault, and one about something else. I can't remember. Well, I think he it was jokes about like quitting. Definitely. I saw that. Like, yeah, let me see. like, oh, yeah. you know who else quit? I think actually that might have been that was a there was a tie in between sexual assault and quitting because it was Leslie Nasser. Oh, yeah. There were screenshots of Michael Che's Instagram stories. They have since been deleted. I think he's also since said he was hacked. Yeah, he said he was hacked, which guy. Come on. But he basically said, not man, have a verification code. I'm sorry. Yeah, how, you how did not get you. Hacked. You did not get hacked. My friend, well, you can like, also see he said, I mean, he said, man, I want to make fun of Simone Biles. I got three minutes of Simone Biles jokes in my head. I'm going to the cellar tonight to say them into a microphone. And then he posted some jokes that people sent to him. Oh, that basically he posted one about sexual assault and said, absolutely tasteless. Nine out of ten. And then someone sent in a racist joke, which he rated eight out of 10. And then later in the stories, using the same background font and format as the original posts, he said, man, I got hacked today. Can't believe they got me. Y'all know I only do jokes about whites and cops. I changed my password to everything. Anyway, y'all hear about the baby, though? That's crazy. See y'all at church. I'm gonna get there early. So that is a joke. He didn't get hacked. You can read the tone. And he's a dumbass. And he keeps doing stuff like this. It's not a surprise when Michael Che is trash because he's been trash. Yeah, I feel like he's in a a circle of comics that all do kind of cringe humor. Yeah. And that's fine. But when you are the was head writer of mm-hmm. Saturday Night Live, I'm sorry. I think that kind of flags your cringe humor. License. Yeah. If you're the head writer of Saturday Night Live, like it or not, you're like an example of comedy and that can be good or bad. But if that if Saturday Night Live wants their example of comedy to be making fun of sexual assault, that's not a good fucking look. Okay, Bridget, you have to tell me about Jared Leto wearing a fat suit in House of Gucci. Oh, my God. How funny is this? So have you seen the movie poster? I have seen the one with Jared Leto and the one with Lady Gaga. Okay, so everyone in the movie poster is super hot. We'll put it on our Instagram because why not? Mm -hmm. But it's very clear that Jared Leto 
Do you think Jared Leto is a great actor? No. Okay, so it's very <laughs> clear that like Hollywood is just extremely fat phobic. Like, yeah. there are definitely people who fit who already look like this type of character that they could have put in there as an actor, and instead they chose the like androgynous guy who hits on underage women that's doing psychedelics a lot in public to play this part. And didn't they like age him up too? Yeah. He looks like nothing like himself. And I get that, like, whatever. It's all right for makeup to do that to someone. But yeah, why don't you just hire a guy who is right for the role? John C. Riley. Yeah. Available, I'm sure. Well, it's not that this is the other thing about it, that it makes you think that honestly, they just wanted the press because they're like, hey, any press is press, baby. And it's Ridley Scott, who's not really which is weird. Yeah, he got a really great cast, but he's not really known for doing like, how do I say the right thing or like theatrically great movies? They're usually like big blockbusters with a lot of action or a lot of like high budget crazy I stuff. I think he's I think he's trying to change it because he in the past has done a lot of that stuff. But if you'll remember famously he did all the money in the world, which oh, was kind of Oscar bait. I did see that. And honestly, I thought it was really good. I thought I thought it would win more. But the big drama with all the money in the world was that he replaced Kevin Spacey with Christopher Plummer after everything had already been shot because of Kevin Spacey's allegations. And so to hire Jared Leto after that, it's like, what? Are you stupid? (laughs) Like Jared Leto's not exactly like secretly hated. No one likes Jared Leto, right? No, I think people do like him. Have you ever met a person in person who likes Jared Leto, who's admitted to it? I, well, here's the thing. I see it on Twitter that no one likes him. So on Twitter, well, no, there's two classes of people on Twitter. Yeah. There are Jared Leto stands on Twitter and there are Jared Leto haters. haters. And it's very bizarre because it's like it's like they're not talking to each other at all. They just yeah. like coexist on this platform. They're just like, we have nothing to talk to each other about. Our opinions are set in stone. He is so a very you, polarizing figure. Yes. But I, I do think the average person, the average person, I think, does like him. And what's funny is you and I live in Los Angeles. We've heard. We've heard the rumors. We followed Dumois. We've probably seen the blinds. So like our view of Jared Leto is like. Is colored by that knowledge that not everyone has. Yeah. And and the average person, because like when I go back home and I talk to my family about celebrities in their mind, they're they're okay. They're fine. I'm talking to my mom, for instance, and I'll tell her like the Ellen Goss and the other Goss. And my mom's just like just so much disappointment. And it's not like. My mom isn't watching celebrity TV or anything. It's just that it's for the Midwest. It's very it's all it's all press release and public image. It's all removed. Yeah. Yeah. You're not getting that juicy stuff, you know, a couple degrees removed from what's going on. So we hear more of that. Yeah. Nitty gritty. I have met one person in person who likes Jared Leto. I met them in the year 2008 when he was the lead singer of 30 Second Samaras, and that was all he did. Well, and I had friends at that time. Well, even before. OK, so around that time, or 2004 to 2010, I'd say I yeah. met plenty of people who were like, OK, with him because because he wasn't an actor. He wasn't an actor. And most of the stuff that has come out about him now didn't come out then. So like I definitely had friends who went to 30 seconds to Mars concerts and we're like, yeah, we had like 
a total blast. But I'm sure now, if you ask them about it, there's probably some weird shame involved. Grace, you got to tell me ScarJo sues Disney and Emma Stone might too. And I heard Emily Blunt might as well. This is actually really, really fascinating. Okay, so basically this is the nuts and bolts of it. Scarlett Johansson starred in the most recent Marvel movie, Black Widow, which was released in theaters, but also on Disney Plus to premiere access the way they've been doing all their theatrical releases, which a lot of families have been taking advantage of because it's 30 bucks for premiere access versus like a billion $10 tickets at the movie theater or more than $10. Anyway, apparently when Scarlett Johansson signed the contract for Black Widow, it offered her like exclusive an exclusive theatrical release and a cut of the box office numbers by offering it on streaming at the same time. It was a breach of contract. She's suing them for that. So she's not getting any of that streaming money. Exactly. She's not getting any of the streaming money. And the argument is basically that it being available on streaming makes people less likely to go to theaters, especially because of the pandemic. A hundred percent Delta variant. Yeah. So she's not getting as much theatrical money either. Plus, Black Widow grossed pretty low just compared to other Marvel movies, because, as you know, many Marvel fans are sexist. <laughs> I was going to say, I I did see a lot of like feminist type for this movie. I think there is definitely an audience. Mm-hmm. That same audience, I'm willing to bet, is more likely to stream it. than go to their mo- local movie theater and get the Delta variant. Yeah. You know, I'm not a Marvel fan, but I've been reading some comments online about this. And basically, Marvel fans are like, yeah, this movie should have been released five years ago when this story was more relevant. Now we all have Marvel fatigue. Like, girl, I had Marvel fatigue years ago. (laughs) And Disney kind of came out and did a statement that was like, greedy bitch. Not not that exactly, but basically they were like, They were like, Scarlett Johansson's being greedy and during a pandemic, how dare she? How dare she? People are dying. But, and that's that's exactly what they said. And it's like, okay, Disney, you guys are not hard up for cash. So let's not pretend. All you really have to do is just send her more money. Yeah. it's not, that's not greedy. It's just recognizing the original contract. But you know that this whole lawsuit and any reaction to it afterward is all about how the media portrays everything. So Scarlett Johansson brought Disney into the media and kind of dragged them through the mud for this. So now Disney, rather than pay her to minimize the media, would rather defame her in the media and come out on double down, which is nuts because they've got enough money. Of course, they can do it. And they have two other women now who are looking at their contracts saying, Wait a second. This is this is a great point. Here's some personal hot juicy goss. So I am in a Facebook group, which I won't say the name of because it's actually kind of secretive. Um, It's private. Yeah, it's like a secret group. Wait, is it is a gossip one? No, it's for assistants in Hollywood. Oh, okay. And I joined the group when I was a production assistant in Hollywood anyway. But there was a discussion about this in that group. And so, of course, some people in that group are like legal assistants for companies similar to Disney or they know they've worked with Disney enough to know. Basically, when the pandemic hit, a lot of production companies renegotiated contracts based on the fact that streaming was going to be a big factor in releases. Apparently, Disney renegotiated no one's contract and was just kind of hoping everyone would just 
deal with it and not want to make a big fuss and fight them. And for the most part, a lot of people didn't like someone like this has happened with a lot of movies before. Yeah. But there's not a lot of big celebrities who have the time, resources or star power to really do it. Or really probably hurting for money. Yeah. Not that ScarJo is hurting for money, but I'm sure they have plenty of people doing these movies who have enough going on in their lives. It's like, oh, yeah, that sucks. But I just don't have the time or energy to like. Yeah. Or like they don't want to be blacklisted by Disney. Yeah. Especially if it's a franchise. Like they don't want to be excluded from every future Disney opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. So the general consensus that despite Scarlett Johansson's long history of being problematic and annoying is that this is actually a cool move because she's famous and rich enough that this actually has some impact. And the impact is that now Emma Stone is looking at her contract for Cruella and apparently Emily Blunt is looking at her contract for Jungle Cruise. Good for them. Okay, Bridget, you have to tell me about how Bob Odenkirk was rushed to the hospital. Oh, this was big news in my house. I know. Well, it was big news on, on among a specific area of comedy Twitter, which I happen to be in. Oh, yeah, that too. So Odenkirk was on the set of Better Call Saul. And initially, it was just like the news everyone got was that he was rushed to the hospital, which left to a lot of speculation. I don't know about you, but I feel like, especially like in my household, for instance, it seemed obvious that it was probably heart related because Odenkirk is a older than middle-aged man. And that's a pretty common uh, ailment for that sure. demographic versus something like COVID. It was like Odenkirk's definitely vaccinated. So it's probably yeah. a heart attack, right? I don't know. I guess I originally, well, I saw a lot of tweets about Bob Odenkirk and I was like, why is everyone tweeting about Bob Odenkirk right now? And then I found out he collapsed. So my assumption was it could have been like exhaustion, dehydration, kind of your normal collapsing stuff. I really didn't assume it was uh, death adjacent. Oh, we we definitely did in this home. I know a lot of people did. I was like, I was like, y'all hopped to the drama really quickly. Well, I think if it was something like dehydration, it wouldn't seem as. But I guess because he's older and you assume that an older man knows well, how to and, hydrate himself. And, OK, so if an actor gets dehydration, that's like the thing you always see is like, oh, they yeah. were just dehydrated. But I think with something like a heart attack, it's like no one no one can know the details of this. It's super secret and we can't talk about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like dehydration, even though dehydration is actually very deadly. It gets a rap of like, oh, just give them water and IV. Yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> well, they got water. They're fine now. They're not dehydrated anymore. So for a couple of days, no one knew what the fuck was going on. And then his son tweeted out, which can you believe he has a 20 something year old son? That, I can. <laughs> that hurt my brain a little bit. I mean, yes, on paper, it like totally makes sense. But then like putting it together was just like, wait, if he has a 20 year old son, Everyone in this scenario is old. <laughs> Myself, Bob, his son. I'm young in this scenario. Famously, I'm still young, baby. Famously. Famously. Famously still young. But his son tweeted out that his dad was going to be fine. So then everybody was like, okay, cool, chill. I saw a lot of people being like, great, love it. And then recently they finally did like a official public press release. Statement. Yeah. Statement that was like, they and they keep saying it's a heart-related incident. And then- 
in the official statement and then magazines and the stories being published are just saying it was a heart attack. But I feel like hmm. that's kind of a little weird because if it was just a heart attack, why wouldn't they just say heart attack instead of heart related? Something's up. I feel like there's more details to come and it's going to like something's be up. used, of course, for Better Call Saul press. Um, Grace, you have to tell me that you went to Hawaii, which we did talk about last week that you were going, but mm-hmm. there was a tsunami watch. Okay. So I went to Hawaii as I've talked about on the podcast. I went to Hawaii. I learned to scuba dive. It was fun. Scuba diving is not really for me. Too much ocean water in my nose, but that's not the point of this story. The point of this story is the tsunami watch. I was staying in a hostel while I was taking my scuba classes and it was a fine hostel. Like it was right by the beach. It was a great place to sleep. But like by the end of the trip, I was like, you know what? I want to splurge and have some space to myself. Ooh. So I was like, I'll go on like hotel tonight and get myself just a nicer hotel for my last night in Hawaii. And it was close. And my hostel was across the island from the airport. This hotel was closer to the airport. Nice. So I was like, win win. I'll just. Yes. You know, take my bus across the island today. I love it. Well, I took an Uber, but I love the bus. I took the bus a lot, but I took an Uber to my hotel. I love when you're on a trip and you do like those special treats because you're just like, I fucking earned it, man. I know. So I stayed at this hotel and it was right on the beach. And when I got there to check in, me and the front desk lady really hit it off. She was like, oh, are you traveling alone? And I was like, yes, I am. And she was like, oh, well, then let me get you a really good room because it was like a Wednesday night. I've had that. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So she got me a room like right by the ocean. Beautiful view. So I'm like, fantastic. So I decide, you know, it's my last night in Hawaii. I just I, you know, I sit by the ocean for a while and then I lay in my room and I decide I'm going to watch Love Island live because, of course, I am. I talked about Love Island Island last week as well. Love Island live. And it was a dramatic recoupling ceremony, but we won't get into that. So I'm minding my own business watching Love Island. And then there's breaking news. And it says. Okay, so Hawaii is under a tsunami watch. There was an 8.2 earthquake in Alaska, and a tsunami might be coming. And if it does, it'll be here around 1 a.m. Oh, And then it goes right back to Love Island. And that's all the information I got. And I was like, what the fuck? Right when I moved to an oceanfront hotel. So I do some research. I'm frantically Googling. I was getting ready to go to sleep after Love Island, so that changed. You started shitting yourself instead. Yeah, I was like, oh, I'm going to die in a tsunami. Fantastic. You're you're calling all these people like, hey, I just wanted to say sorry for being an asshole for all this time. And so at this point, it was like 10 p.m. Hawaii time, maybe, which is three hours behind California. So my mom and my sister are asleep. My roommates are asleep and like, I'm not going to call anyone to wake them up because if there is a tsunami coming, what are they going to do except panic? Yeah, exactly. So I was like, well, whatever. So I do some research and a tsunami watch is actually not the worst thing that could happen. There's a tsunami watch and a tsunami warning, which is similar. It's it's just like tornadoes. Exactly. I was going to say, since you're from the Midwest, you would know it's the same as tornadoes. We're basically a tsunami watch. They're like, There could be a tsunami. There might be conditions. We'll check it out. and We'll get back to you. And a warning is like, there is a tsunami. You are fucked. So what did you, I have to ask. Yeah. What happens if there's a warning or would, like, is there a special place you're supposed to go to? Or you just like say your goodbyes? Like what happens if you were in a tsunami warning? So if you're in a tsunami warning, they play the sirens 
And basically, if you live within two miles of the beach, you have to like evacuate inland if you can. I was like, okay. So at the time it was a watch. There wasn't a lot of news about it. But from my very low level scientific understanding of tsunamis, I know big earthquake in Alaska. That sounds like it could make a tsunami in Hawaii to me. Sure. Yeah. So I was like, okay, let me think. So I looked up, I did a lot of studying on um, tsunamis, learned a lot. And basically I learned that where the evacuation zone is for tsunamis, which of course I was right on the beach. So I was in the evacuation zone. So I basically, I only brought a backpack. So I packed my whole bag just in case. And my plan was if the sirens went off, I would go to the front desk and hope to hitch a ride in someone's car inland because I didn't have a car or if that didn't work I was just gonna run yeah running two miles you could do that in a half hour I know I was like and at that point it was like by the time we would have known if it was coming I would have had like two hours before a tsunami was gonna hit I can make it a few miles in that many hours so I was like okay I can get inland enough maybe we'll see so that was kind of my plan all the time living in Los Angeles because yeah, you hear about the big one and you're like, OK, well, there's going to be at least either a giant tsunami or a baby tsunami. But there's going to be a tsunami when something hits or it could. I mean, it could happen tomorrow. OK, it just takes a certain level of earthquake. Yeah. Who knows? By the time this episode comes out, maybe you're listening to this after. Just kidding. If you are, light a candle for us. You have to tell me about Kelly Clarkson has to pay her deadbeat ex-husband 200K a month. So I don't really know a lot, honestly, about the history of the relationship. I just know that when they divorced, a lot of people were like, real love doesn't exist. Yeah. Uh, Here's what I do know about Kelly Clarkson. I love Kelly Clarkson. You know, a normal amount. I like her fine. I went to college with this girl (laughs) who was so obsessed with Kelly Clarkson like saw a million concerts, talked about her all the time. A true stan. And again, I like Kelly Clarkson, but I she was she's deep into Kelly Clarkson. So when I saw this news about her getting divorced, I was like, oh, I hope Rebecca's OK. Rebecca, we're p- hoping and praying for you. I doubt she listens to this podcast. Um, but if she does, sorry about the <laughs> divorce. <laughs> sorry. Sorry for whatever you're going through right now. Anyway, but now she has to pay him a yeah, bunch of money. So. The court settlement just came out that she has to pay her ex, Brandon Blackstock, $150,000 in spousal report, spousal support, and almost another 50 G for child support in their divorce settlement. She has to also pay $1.25 million in his legal fees. She, however, she does make $1.5 million per episode. So, like, paying for his legal fees is one. TV show kind of a drop in the bucket exactly so if we learned anything from all of this is so that she actually has too much money yeah well Kelly Clarkson's one of those people who you don't really think of her as like an a-list celebrity but if you take a second she's a-list yeah because she's so like oh I'm just this country girl everyone can well she's been around for so long and it's not like I mean she's not really releasing as much music anymore and her music is America's sweetheart wasn't everyone in in a movie called that what wasn't she in a movie called America's sweetheart with the uh, with the actual winner of American Idol that year 
No, Justin. she won American Idol. Oh, okay. But she was in a movie with the runner-up Justin Guarini that was called From Justin to Kelly. Oh, okay. I think maybe part of the promo was like, they're America's sweetheart because they literally were voted by America. Yeah, I'm sure that's true. I I didn't watch American Idol at that time, but I was very aware of it. I was that age, you know, I was in elementary school. Yeah. American Idol was for me. Yeah, me. Me, too. I was in elementary school, but it came out. I didn't watch it. Um, <laughs> I'm sure at some point I saw from Justin to Kelly, I could not gun to my head, tell you anything about it right now. I think they're on a beach. I think that's the same thing that people said when they watched it. In real time. Yeah. But just to also mention, Blackstone actually used to be an entertainment manager and he managed Clarkson and she alleged in court that he fucked with her money when he was her manager. Oh, interesting. And now he's retired, of course, being an entertainment manager because I'm sure his biggest client wants nothing to do with him, i.e. Clarkson. Or maybe not I, but whatever. <laughs> and now guess what he's doing now? Well, guess what his job is? Just guess. Bitcoin investor. Very, in some ways, very close. Very close. What is it? Where do you think the majority of Bitcoin investors live? In like San Francisco? Or a ranch in some oh. uppity Montana town. Is he like a rancher? Yeah, some guy with no no real um, history in ranching is now a rancher and he can do it because his wife is giving him one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a month. Jesus. You know what, though? I have to admire that. (laughs) I know. And it's it's not very feminist of me. No, I it's but it's classes. If you, but I would be cheering if a woman did this to a man. And so a man doing it to a woman is actually kind of like feminist in its own way. Well, it's it's more <laughs> of a class issue than yeah. it is a, a gender identity issue. Right. So you can still be a feminist and still think what Blackstock is doing. I think I call him Blackstone at some point. But what Blackstock is doing tomato tomato is kind of OK when you're dealing with that kind of money. And you know what? Everyone in America should have that kind of fucking money. Yeah. I should make a million dollars a day. But you're not just kidding. I shouldn't. But you're not ready to talk about that yet. But we're not ready to have that conversation. Exactly. Grace, you have to tell me, Trisel is dating Jason Oppenheim. Okay, so this is for the Selling Sunset fans out there. I haven't watched all of Selling Sunset, which I know is off brand for me. It seems like a show I would watch, but I'm aware of everybody enough. So Chriselle Staus is one of the main people on Selling Sunset. I would say like in a reality TV way, she's kind of like the ingenue. Selling Sunset starts because Chriselle gets a job there and she's kind of like the young, sweet girl who gets bullied by the evil Christine. At least that's what I understood from the three episodes I watched. I'm sure things have evolved. So I feel like I've seen billboards and advertisements. And what I definitely notice is a blonde woman. Is that her? Christine is blonde. Okay. So there's Christine's like the main blonde. Chriselle's kind of like got light brown ombre highlights. But you would know who Chriselle is probably because she's not just famous for selling Sunset. She was famous beforehand because she was married to Justin Hartley of This Is Us fame. Oh, okay. But they recently got divorced 
And it was kind of a big, messy divorce because they were both like kind of posting about it, particularly Chriselle, who's kind of chriselle has got a very like cringy energy about her. No, a reality TV star has cringy energy. But more so than other reality TV stars, she seems like kind of I don't want to say a tryhard or there's something about her that's just like, you know, she's a little too like like she's trying too hard to be sweet. And even if that is her real personality, it comes off like saccharine is the word. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Good word. Good word. I think she has this idea in her mind that she is America's sweetheart, which what a way to live. So it's jelly. But she was very like publicly upset post-divorce because I think Justin Hartley initiated a divorce and started dating someone right after. And then Chriselle went on Dancing with the Stars, of course. And she started dating not her Dancing with the Stars partner, but another dancer on Dancing with the Stars. Oh, but a lot of people had assumed it was her partner because they were posting a lot together. Or mm-hmm. something. She was freshly divorced. She was on Dancing with the Stars. People who go on Dancing with the Stars often hook up with their partners because yeah, it's a common theme. On it's like show. sexy. I don't blame them. I mean, dancing is one of the sexiest things you could do with another person. Yeah. So there was a rumor that she was dating her partner and then she really hit us with a switch and she was dating with some other dancer on Dancing with the Stars. And then they also kind of had a messy breakup. And I don't really remember the details of it. The cringe reality TV star had a messy breakup with her Dancing with the Stars boyfriend. No way. That's Chriselle, baby. So, Chriselle, I think you have to start asking yourself, what's the common denominator between these breakups? Because it ain't Justin Hartley. Yeah, but she's probably getting a lot of clicks and a lot of likes. She's getting clicks no matter what, because she's just like a pretty woman on a reality TV show. You're going to get clicks in your sleep doing that. Oh, but I think you have to drive it a little bit with like some you have women who do really well in reality TV have an element of a little bit of I'm unhinged. That's yes. that's what we love. We love unhinged people. I don't. That's Chriselle because not only is she driving her clicks, she just put her clicks into overdrive because she just revealed she's dating Jason Oppenheim. If you don't watch Selling Sunset, you probably don't know who Jason Oppenheim is. No. Selling Sunset is about a group of basically hot women who sell houses in this specific real estate group in Los Angeles called. The Oppenheim Group. It is run by two twin brothers who are always like flirting with all the hot women. And she's dating one of the twin brothers who's in charge of the Oppenheim Group. So she's sleeping with the boss. Yeah. Hey, girl. And I think originally and but so Selling Sunset fans, correct me if I'm wrong. But I think when Chriselle first started at the Oppenheim group, they kind of Christine and the other mean girls kind of excluded her because they thought she was like flirting with the boss a little bit. Oh, Chriselle has this energy that she's like one of those girls who will play dumb to get a man's attention. And you don't know if she's actually dumb or if she's playing at it, which no shade. Hey, whatever works for you, works for you. I don't care. We live in the patriarchy and... And in you got to make it work it, for you sometimes. Yeah, exactly. It's a so, it's definitely good. It's or effective defense for yeah. what gives you power and money. And so it's hard to tell if Chriselle is doing all of this 
totally aware or if she is just Chriselle. But that was You Have to Tell Me. Our next segment, as always, is called Biden Bites. So, Bridget, our first Biden Bite of the week, well, you brought them both in, so whatever. But our first Biden Bite of the week is that that Joe Biden wants to pay everyone $100 for getting the vaccine. Yeah. Bidey wants to be more aggressive about getting people vaccinated. Okay, that's great. But one of his strategies of the moment is telling local governments to use the American Rescue Plan funding to pay citizens $100 for being vaccinated. There are so many problematic layers to this. Like, so here's the one thing about it is that I think incentivizing the vaccine is a good idea, but I think we will run into a slippery slope here because as soon as you start offering perks for getting the vaccine, guess what this turns into? It's a silent auction, baby. Someone's like, oh, it's like when you're at the airport and they're like, this flight is full. We're giving out $200 vouchers. You're like, they can do better than that. Yeah. And so then you wait until they offer you an $800 voucher. So if I am someone who doesn't want the vaccine right now, which I'm not, by the way, I'm fully vaccinated. Johnson and Johnson represent. Um, if I'm someone who doesn't want the vaccine and I hear I'm going to get a hundred dollars, I'll be like, call me at 500. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate that Joe Biden is trying to get people vaccinated because obviously that's what he has to do. I mean, I can't blame the man for it, for it. But I do think that at a certain point, you're fighting an uphill battle that there are some people who will not be convinced to get the vaccine until they're literally on their deathbed. And and then it's too late. And we've talked about that. But what's also messed up about it, and we talked about this before, too, when he was like, if we get to whatever percent by July 4th, we're going to offer all these things. So it's showing that our government is clearly able to offer things mm-hmm. to citizens that would be more in line, yes, with socialism, but would make everyone lives easier. And then telling local governments to use the American Rescue Plan, which is this money that they set aside, they gave states, and they said, look, we know that COVID costs you a lot, and you are paying people unemployment, and it's not your fault. So like, here's some money to sort of fix all that. And then a lot of those governments were like, okay, but we're going to just send it to our cop budget. And they're like, oh, please don't do that. Like, oh, no, that's not what we wanted you to do. And they're like, too bad, bitch. And some governments governments were like, we're going to use this to actually pay our federal taxes. (laughs) It's fucking stupid. Yeah, it's it's like stupid on stupid. Like, if you're going to say we should pay citizens $100 for the vaccine, it needs to come out federally. And you know what? You are the federal government. You print the money. You can just do that. Yeah. For you to pressure local governments to do that, especially local governments that we've seen with the, the voting legislation that has come out in certain states, people don't have the same rights, say, in Georgia. As the people in the city of Los Angeles and even our rights are fucked. So you guys need to really think about how this system is just masturbatory. It just problematic. It's like, I mean, it's also like 
you're throwing money at something that money is not going to fix because giving someone a hundred dollars, even if you give someone a hundred dollars and they do get the vaccine, you're not fixing the root of the problem, which is a lack of trust in the government, in the CDC and just general stupidity that the only way, honestly, to get people to get the vaccine is to reframe what a vaccine is, which is educate, actually not even reframe like revert to what a vaccine was before COVID, which we all have accepted that, like, if you want your kid to go to school, they have to be vaccinated against chicken pox or whatever. There is. And he is trying to mandate federally, but that's only like federal but he said, jobs. He, so he's mandating federal employees. But he's saying, like, if you're a federal employee, you have to get vaccinated or get tested weekly. So actually, you don't have to get vaccinated. Yeah. So it's like you're not actually doing it. So what it needs to be is like. And I mean, I think it's different because more places are now coming out and making vaccines mandated. Broadway just said that if you're in the audience, you have to be vaccinated. And I think now that Broadway's done it, other theaters are going to do it. And once a bunch of theaters and venues start doing it, restaurants will feel like they can do it. And then all of a sudden you can't go into the grocery store without a vaccine, mama. And the other shitty thing people aren't realizing and the rhetoric that these fucking losers like to say is like, well, if you're vaccinated, why do you care about the Delta variant? And it's like, because as a vaccinated person, I can still carry the virus. And yeah, yeah, I might have like a little cold and have to like blow my little nose. But if I I can spread it to a lot of people. Yes, exactly. Not even knowing. Yes. And a lot of those people could not be vaccinated. And then you're just, you're still spreading the the idea of how these people don't understand how something's being spread just blows my fucking mind. This is the same problem that we run into again and again is like, I don't know how to explain to you that it's not because you might get sick because they'd be like, well, I'm not going to get sick by it. It's not about you. It's about the even if you don't get sick, you'll spread it to someone who would. It's about like having empathy. And yeah. they're just like, well, I'm not going to get it. And it's like, I, I'm, it's like I'm talking to a brick wall. Well, I mean, it's crazy. Like the, the TJ Ward thing that came out this week, who's a former football player who went after the Washington football coach, Ron Rivera, who asked his players to get vaccinated because he's a literal cancer survivor. And TJ Ward's like, well, and this is what he tweeted. And it's been deleted since. Just park the riverboat. His health is beyond that of COVID. Maybe it's time to let it go. Don't blame the players for your lifelong health decisions. Basically implicating that Ron Rivera got cancer because of his lifestyle choices, not because, you know, cancer is just like when your body absolutely betrays you and it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. I don't care if he was eating McDonald's every day, smoking a pack of cigarettes, Cancer is cancer, you fucking Well, idiot. yeah, there's people who get cancer who eat healthy and there's people who don't get cancer who don't eat. Like, there's I'm no using that as like, well, I guess you could die from covid because you were you smoking or eating junk food. It's just like you need to go fuck yourself. Yeah, it's just now all of a sudden everyone has a real big opinion about who's allowed to die. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, what the and, fuck? And for most of these people, it's like everyone can die except for me. <laughs> and I'm not going to die if I get can if I get COVID. 
speaking of socialist causes that could be used in the vaccine, we have to also mention Uncle Bernie. Uncle Bernie is now scared to talk bad about Pop Pop Bitey. Every politician sucks. That's the lesson. Yeah, Bernie Sanders. I mean, listen, this this is kind of this has happened ever since Biden got elected is a lot of Democrats who were vocal against Trump are kind of sitting down and shutting up and falling in line and now defending policies that Trump actually would have loved. I mean, we just saw Nancy Pelosi be like, "Mm, I don't know if canceling student loan debt is the right thing for everyone. It's like, shut your mouth, which to be fair something in this very fucked up world we're talking about that tracks with nancy pelosi yeah but bernie was the poster boy of how democrats could be progressive and now choose not to be so i just want to play a quick video because what's funny about this video is that prior to seeing this, I already was suspecting that Bernie was playing for Biden. He is prepared to deal with. I have not seen a president in my lifetime who has done that. Am I wrong? I see that perspective, but I also see a president who's willing to let a lot of those agenda items be killed by the filibuster and the parliamentarian. Well, but again, I don't want to defend him. I, I think the point you made a few minutes ago is exactly right. In this critical moment when we're dealing with the future of the planet, when we're dealing with the future of democracy. You know what? I think majority should rule and not the fill. I believe that strongly. But don't think that he can snap his fingers, no matter what he may or may not believe, and make things happen. All right. There, there are senators. There are certain things he could do, though, through executive act. For example, canceling student debt. Yeah, which that's right. That, that's right. There, there are things he can Legalizing do. marijuana. Yes. He could potentially do yes. through an executive yep. order. And so there hasn't been a willingness, even though he says, yes, I support the $15 minimum wage. Yes, I support the PRO Act to use all the tools that are at his disposal no. to actually make those things happen. You're absolutely sure of that. Is that fair? No. I mean, in other words, you do not know about the discussions that he has with people who walk into his office. It's it's wrong to assume that when you're dealing with a United States senator who does not want to end the filibuster, that he can go in there and say, hey, I want you to do that. No. So don't give the president. Although he could do what you proposed when you were asked on the trail, how would you deal with Senator Manchin? You said, I go to West Virginia. I do the rally. I'd call him out. Right. I mean, there are things you could do. All that I'm saying, do not minimize. I mean, and I don't want to get into personalities, but any member of the United States Senate uh, has the power to kill this thing. And to think that the president alone can change that is not 100 percent correct. Sure. But there are executive actions that he could take on student debt and other things that he could do. We can agree on that. I am not. Yes. You know. I mean, that is. The thing that I understand the way our government is set up, there are some things that Joe Biden can't do alone. And I understand that argument for a number of things. But that reporter is exactly right that she's like, but there are things he can do. And if he wants to endear himself to progressives who, by the way, won him this election, then he has to give them something. He has to make some move. And I understand that there are senators fighting him every way, but he kind of has to do something if he wants to be appreciated for doing something. You can't just support something. He's the president. 
I can say I support something, but me, I can't do anything exactly. about it. I mean, I can do some things, but I can't actually change it. But Joe Biden saying he disapproves of something. He can end the filibuster. And, and it's silly. Before I saw this video, I already saw this sort of foreshadowed. Ooh, is that a is that a word? I know this is a little callback because Bernie was tweeting. Bernie is still tweeting that Republicans are the enemy. And it's like, bro, bruh. It was much easier for Democrats when they could blame everything on Republicans because it's so much easier for Democrats and progressives to have a common enemy than for them to admit that they're each other's enemy, that they are actively at odds with each other's goals. When Democrats are the fucking majority, this is just a fucking joke. It's a fucking joke. They've got no excuses, but they know they actually don't want to do these things because at the end of the day, everyone who is in Congress is richer than everyone out of it. And the second they start giving the American people too much, they have nothing to hold over us anymore. Yeah, it's it's like, uh, oh, this is and this is the argument that progressives actually bring up a lot, which is Democrats and people who go under this general. This is why I hate the term liberal. Yeah. For the most part, I like it because it's a good foundational term that we're going to agree on most things. Mm-hmm. Part. Oh, you're liberal. Okay. Yeah. Great. That and means it- that I know you don't. There are things that I know that saves us the trouble of getting into, like abortion. Yeah, exactly. Great. Thank you. Thank you. But the difference between a liberal and a progressive is a progressive is like, okay, now let's make the change. Let's help people out. And liberal is like, oh, I don't know. What does my senator say? It's like, oh, the idea (laughs) of that sounds great. But like, you know, we don't want to jump into anything. We don't we don't want to divide the country. It's like, well, yeah, actually, wouldn't that make some people upset? Okay, <laughs> I'm upset right now. It would make me happy. And do you know how many people are upset? And what's crazy, too, is like you are a liberal and you are upset. How do you think the change is going to happen? Probably by doing something, something progressive. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's stupid. It's stupid, stupid, stupid. We all knew. I mean, no politician is perfect. Bernie Sanders let us down. I mean, he had a good run. He got a lot of people interested. Yeah. But King, it's time to retire the crown. Yeah. At the end of the day, Bernie Sanders is still an old white man. He didn't want us to forget that. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Always going to protect their own. They they keep us in line. (laughs) Yeah. Joe Biden's in the back room somewhere being like, that's my guy right there with aviators on an ice cream. cone." Yeah. Joe Biden gave Bernie his AARP membership to share. And he's like, oh, I got him. Just kidding. I don't I think everyone can get AARP and I think it's a good thing. (laughs) I don't know what AARP does, honestly. It's just the only thing I can think of. I'm not going to tell you because I think that's a funny note to end on and a good transition Oh, yeah. Into our main topic, because, baby, we're talking about the movie, the summer flick 
the meme the meme the movie old this week that is our main topic that's what we've been foreshadowing here if you if you picked up on it you're smart you're a true you're a true goss head this topic was actually suggested to us it came through our submission form so we want to give a shout out to the submitter who requested that he be named as eric but there's a star as a dot over the eye exactly so thank you eric thank you eric because i do want to talk about this movie because I famously had AMC Stubbs A-list. I think I've talked about it on this podcast before. When I saw this trailer, I said, oh, I will be seeing that movie. Okay, we're going to watch the trailer. But before we do, I want to make it explicitly clear to the listeners that we are going to talk about M. Night Shyamalan's movie catalog. It definitely means we are definitely going to spoil a lot of his movies. So if you were holding out to watch The Sixth Sense, for instance, I would just say goodbye now. Catch you next week. Yeah. Hop off this podcast. Go watch The Sixth Sense and come back. Exactly. Exactly. That's actually better. So if there is one of his movies, (laughs) now is a good time to put it on and then finish the podcast. And I also want to make it clear. Neither Bridget or I have seen old yet. So we are not going to try to actively spoil old because we haven't seen it, but we've heard some things and we're going to make some assumptions. So if we spoil it, it's purely accidental. But I just want you to know that if you're worried about getting old spoiled for you, also turn off this podcast, go watch old, come back to it. Or read the book. It's based on a graphic novel. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, wait, yes, I did. I did know that actually I did anyway that's what we're talking about today if you don't want anything spoiled at all hop off but if you don't care about spoilers for the movie old lay out your towel and lay out in the sun baby because we're at the old beach and it's gonna get real so like I said we should just start with the trailer let's just start with the trailer allowed on the beach what that's not true oh no oh no We never leave each other. Nothing separates us. Are we there yet? You said five minutes. Technically, it's been more than five minutes. Let's just all start slowing down. Wow. You believe I found this online? I guess it's not that secret a beast. Who would leave this? From the hotel! They're so rusted! What's happening? Found stuff from the hotel in the sand. How quickly can that happen? Seven years. But she just died. Wait, where are the kids? Front! Kara! Come here! Hey, have you seen my children? Mom? I'm I'm right here. <laughs> Dad, why are you looking at me like that? What's happening to us? My daughter just turned six two weeks ago. Mom. 
Whatever is happening to us is happening very fast. You have wrinkles. There's something wrong with this bitch. What's happening? Mom! 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 I'm scared! We have to get off this beach! People are blacking out going this way. If she makes it to the ledge, she might have a chance. Why is she stopping? Why is she stopping? Kara, wake up! Wake up! They have to know what this place does. I don't know! You're lying! Look! What is that? A message. We never leave each other. Nothing separates us. We're connected to something bigger. Oh, no. We're here for a reason. Uh, well, again, I can tell you, I'm going to see this movie. <laughs> to me, I keep going back and forth. I have a I mean, I, think I'll, I get I will, tricked by every trailer I see ever. I will probably eventually watch it. I'm just not sure if you'll watch it on a plane in like two years. Yeah. Or that's the kind of movie it is when you can stream it for free. I don't when know. it's on Netflix and you're like, I kind of feel like watching something. A little scary, but not too scary. Or, yeah, I mean, it's definitely has everything you want in a summer movie. I personally love watching thrillers in the summer. There's something about, like, summer heat. You're just like, yeah, it's fucked up shit happens now. I mean, yeah, I love a thriller. I love a thriller that I can't have nightmares about because <laughs> it's like it. I'm not going to have a nightmare about it. I just will never go to Maine. I'm not going to have that problem. So it's not scary to me. Yeah. So this, I just won't go to the old beach. So there. Yeah, exactly. So there is a theme, I think, in most M. Night Shyamalan movies where the twist is something so outrageous that you're like, either it's completely avoidable or it's so sneaky that like there's really nothing you can do about it. So it's just like. YOLO live your best life sort of scenario yeah like there's nothing you could have done to escape it yeah it's just like that's just part of living <laughs> so this yeah there's something comforting in that but let's talk about some of his movies he's a, obviously M. Night Shyamalan is a very famous filmmaker even if you aren't familiar with his movies you know his name most likely because there's a phrase that's like an M. Night Shyamalan twist because he's so known for having twists in his movies Yes. Well, he's made fun of because all of his twists are pretty outrageous. Yeah. They're set up in a way where the reality of the movie is like when the twist is revealed, you're like, oh, yeah, I guess that is very plausible. And I, I'm so surprised I didn't see it. Or there's even a scientific thing that I actually listened to on the radio that was like humans, once they're once we're given the answer, like the twist, mm -hmm. part of your brain will justify it in being like, oh, yeah, I noticed that the whole time or I could see that the whole time. And in reality, twists are pretty outrageous that like you really wouldn't have. There really aren't like Nancy Drew threads for you to conclusively find the twist. They're set up so you can like the gossip girl thing where you were yes. talking about how they had to uh, what was it reverse engineer yes. a gossip girl. And so because of that, they had no thread. And, and that's exactly what 
the viewers of his movie, I, I personally think does is like, oh, I see all the threads now. But like you didn't see it when you. Well, were and the problem, too, is that everyone now goes into an M. Night Shyamalan movie expecting a twist. So he has shot himself in the foot because now he feels like he always has to deliver a twist. Although wouldn't it be the biggest twist of all to not put a twist at the end? But who am I? M. Night, you should you Give me should a call. you should have held that in the yeah, but sent that to him as a treatment. But because of that, now everyone in the audience is looking for a twist. And since he doesn't want the audience to guess the twist, he has to make the twist weirder and weirder or else they'll guess it. And so it becomes it's a point of diminishing returns. It's not fun anymore because everyone's trying so hard to find a twist that they're not liking. They're not paying any attention to the movie. And he's writing a movie specifically engineered to have a twist. And so the twist is never going to hit the way it did, say, in The Sixth Sense, because everyone's looking for a twist. If anything, that's why I'm more interested in old, because old is based on, like we already mentioned, a graphic novel. So... There is a portion of the audience who probably also read this graphic novel. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes more of, is this a satisfying depiction of a story I already know? Versus trying to find that twist. So I would be more interested in watching this, knowing what I do know about this film than maybe other past films where it's like, oh, I better bring my notebook. Yeah. Plus... It stars not a lot of recognizable people to me, but there's two people I want to talk about that are in this movie. Yeah. Number one, oh, he has some. I I always think I know his name, but I I always get it um confused. I think the only person or people I guess now that I really recognize would be Alex Wolf and Eliza Scanlon. Oh, I didn't know that was Eliza Scanlon. Eliza Scanlon of Little Women fame. Yeah, I. I feel like but actually not little women fame because everyone else in little women kind of outshined her. No offense, Eliza Scanlon. Yeah, but she has like such a specific face. Yeah. So when I see her, I'm like, oh, it's that girl. (laughs) The two people, the other person I want to talk about and we'll get to Alex Wolf in a second. I've talked about Alex Wolf a lot on this podcast. The other person I want to talk about is Gael Garcia Bernal. He plays like the dad of Alex Wolf. And I and he was famous for being in a show called Mozart in the Jungle, which is on Amazon. It was one of Amazon's first shows. But what I know him from is from a truly trashy 2010 romantic comedy starring Amanda Seyfried called Letters to Juliet. I highly recommend it. (laughs) It's awful. But it also has Alex Wolf. Again, I've talked about Alex Wolf a lot on this podcast. I love Alex Wolf. I think he's a great actor. And just, he's just becoming. We talked about the movie The Pig. Yeah. Which was and absolutely becoming... great, and everybody should watch it. Oh, great. Alex Wolf is kind of becoming like a horror darling oh. after Hereditary. Does he have rich parents? I, you said you haven't seen a lot of M. Night Shyamalan movies. Neither have I. Yeah, let's look at the list. So we're looking at an article on Vulture where they basically rank the M. Night Shyamalan movies. It ranks them from worst to best. Mm-hmm. And the very worst M. Night Shyamalan movie, according to Vulture, is The Happening in 2008. Did you see it? Uh, no, I haven't seen it. From what I understand, it stars Mark Wahlberg and A Tree is the Bad Guy. I want to see it. I've seen parts of it knowing that the plants were the bad guys. Because by the time I got around to seeing it, people were like, here's the twist. And it was like, well, I'll start watching it. And then... Then I think I got to a point where I was like, okay, this is kind of wigging me out. The plants 
are ruining humans' lives. And honestly, it was just like, yeah, that should happen. That should actually <laughs> happen because we are destroying the earth. So I think I lost interest about midway in the movie thinking about how terrible humans are. Yeah. Which what's funny is that movie also sparked a lot of articles about how plants actually do communicate through like the root system. A little That's fun. Interesting. The next one they ranked is After Earth. Did you watch that one? This I know I've seen at some point. Um, so After Earth, for those of you who have or haven't seen it, it stars Will Smith and Jaden Smith as a father-son duo after and they basically play like a father and son in a post-apocalyptic world where aliens hunt you by like sensing your fear, which, OK, I, I mean, it's I don't remember this movie, to be honest. But I do remember A Quiet Place, which did pretty much this exact thing. And I didn't like A Quiet Place. So I can't imagine I liked this movie. I remember this movie coming out because everyone was the huge part of the press was like, oh, it's him and his son in a movie. Mm -hmm. And I think that press overtook the fact because I did not realize that was an M. Night Shyamalan movie. I was just like, mm. oh, it's a Will Smith in space with his son movie. I don't need to watch this nepotis nepotism freak movie. Yeah. Uh, Lady in the Water. Did you see that? I recognize the name, but it came out in 2006. So I'm guessing that I was. Well, I know that I was like in sixth grade that year. So I'm sure that if I saw the poster, I would not have seen it because I was too young to see a movie like that. And I can tell you my mom would not have wanted to see it. So why would I have gone to see it? And it's not something I've hunted down since then. But I am seeing that Paul Giamatti's in it. And I love Paul Giamatti. That's why I watched it. <laughs> I watched it. I can't really even tell you what the whole plot was even about. And I remember big reason I watched it. I was like, oh, you got to got to see the Giamatti. You got to. I love Paul Giamatti. I just watched that new Netflix movie, Gunpowder Milkshake, that oh. Paul Giamatti is in. It's a great movie. Highly recommend. And Paul Giamatti's good in it. He doesn't do much. I didn't know he was in that. Okay. Our next movie is The Last Airbender. Did you see that one? The Last Airbender? No, but... But but that's because, number one, I was never a big Avatar person. I know that's going to get me publicly vilified, but I don't really care about Avatar, the cartoon. And by the time this came out, it was already being like heralded as awful. Like by the time it was out in theaters, the ship had sailed. The decision was made. It was bad. 2010 and... It was based on the Nickelodeon animated series Avatar The Last Airbender. Did you ever watch that series? Honestly, I don't remember what it wasn't this article. I was reading something that referenced the Avatar The Last Airbender and I sincerely thought that it was satirical. Like No, so Avatar The Last Airbender, I guess it it must be um, after your time. People but, my like, think age. Think about the name. Avatar The Last Airbender. There's so many things in that that just feels like, oh, this just sounds like a conglomeration of a bunch of things that already exist. No, 
because it came before James Cameron's Avatar. The la- Avatar The Last Airbender came out in 2005. Yes. Very the- popular among my age group. Not particularly my thing, but really, really popular and beloved animated Nickelodeon show kind of having a second resurgence now that it's been on Netflix, I believe. And the Avatar came out in 2009. But in an article I was recently reading, the whole combination of words looks more satirical unless you know exactly what it's talking about. Did you see Praying with Anger? Nope. I was negative two years old when it came out. Have you seen Glass? Yes, but I don't remember it. But it's in this trilogy that is new. Split, Glass, and there was an, I think there's a new one coming out. Either way, whatever. I did see Glass. I don't remember it. I know Samuel L. Jackson's in it. I remember liking it, but I don't know if I liked it because I liked it or because I was watching it with a group and it and it was group mentality. Okay, Vulture puts old at number eight. And then we have The Visit. Did you see The Visit? No, but this is the one where it's found footage and it's helped him to get back on track with Split a year later. So Split must be either high, more highly rated than the rest. Split is critically very well loved and it's pretty, um, pretty appreciated and memed. But Split overall has a good reputation. Is the visit um, is the visit the one where they go visit their grandma? Oh, yes, it is. I was like, I don't see that in this description. Featuring Catherine Hahn, by the way, as the mother of these kids in The Visit. I didn't see the movie because I saw the trailer and it looked scary. I like Catherine Hahn. Okay, Wide Awake. Didn't see that. It was only four. I like that you're using that as though you've never seen a movie before you were born. Well, if, okay. We can, let, let's just move on. Let's just move on. We can't dissect all of this. Wait, sure. The Village. Didn't see The Village. I was in fourth grade. Saw it in theaters. Oh, did you like it? I liked it, but it's it's pretty easy to watch. And it turns out it's about a cult. Sorry, spoiler alert. And um, knew there was kind of an idea that there was going to be a twist. Wasn't that familiar with M. Night Shyamalan at the time, but knew enough that I think, oh, I think there's a twist here. And then when it was the twist, it was like, oh, my God. But then I also felt stupid, like kind of a little tricked. Sure. Um, then we have the movie Split, which we've kind of already talked about. And it was actually a, oh, I always say this wrong. Blumhouse? Yeah, it was Blumhouse. Split is about, it's James McAvoy playing like a guy with schizophrenia. Also stars Anya Taylor-Joy before she was really famous. This movie was very well received. I remember liking it. I haven't seen it in a long time. Schizophrenia wasn't the twist, was it? I don't remember. Oh, no, because it wasn't because, you know, the whole, you know, the whole name is split, split personality. He James McAvoy plays like a guy who has a lot of personalities, one of which I'm starting to remember the the trailer. One of his personalities is named Patricia. And there's a meme that pops up every once in a while, though it doesn't pop up as much anymore that. Someone was like, oh, you did something. And he said, like, no, that was Patricia. So people be like, oh, me when my ex when I text my ex when yeah. I'm drunk, like that was Patricia. Ha ha. Now, now I understand the meme. Yeah. Did you see signs. No, but I've heard of it. Oh, it's about aliens, right? Yeah. Well, and I think I OK, I've tried to watch this a number of times and I always fall asleep or always have. I'm never going to try to watch this movie again because of how 
hard I had trying to get through it. Yeah. But I remember being in high school dating. I was dating a college guy because it was cool like that. And definitely, I'm sure it was not a creepy predator situation. And Are one you sure? Of, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And one of my high school boyfriend who was a college guy, one of his roommates <laughs> was like, or one of the guys he went to school with, I suppose, was like, oh, I got this movie, I pirated it. That's when people were pirating movies. And he was like, you want to watch it? And we were all like, sure, why why not? And trying to watch the movie because it was pirated had like weird copyright stuff mm-hmm. throughout the film where you would see like weird graphics and like red lines popping up. And you'd be like, what is that? And the guy's like, well, it's because I pirated it. So like they do that because you're not supposed to do that. You should have <laughs> married him. He sounds like a catch. Oh, God. I thank God every day that ended. Okay. How about Unbreakable? I have not seen it, but because I was uh, six years old, not to keep throwing my age into it. But also, I just read the little snippet about it into a superhero movie. I'm not interested. But it's apparently number two on the list. Yeah, that's that's one that for a very long time, almost 21 years now, I feel like People are like, you have to see this. And anytime his name gets brought up, Unbreakable is definitely one of the films to get mentioned. But yeah, I definitely didn't see it. The Sixth Sense is number one on their list. And what's so funny about this movie to me is that I remember having a conversation with my cousin. And I this was closer to the year 1999. So it wasn't like a week ago. And we're talking about the movie and he's like, yeah, it's like six cents, you know, like he was dead the whole time. And I was like, wait, what? I haven't seen that movie. And he's like, oh, forget that. So when I watched the movie, I already kind of knew that Bruce Willis was dead, but I thought it still held up. It's like a very good movie. Since it's critically loved, I... It comes into theaters every once in a while. And when I was in high school, it played at the IMAX near Halloween. So I was like, oh, I'll go see that. Sure. It holds up. It's good. The twist works because it's not trying too hard to be a twist because no one was expecting a twist. Haley Joel Osment is adorable. Bruce Willis is hot. I mean, it's a win-win. And it's still an early movie in his canon. Mm -hmm. So like you wouldn't necessarily be going into it thinking how is this fucked up? Whereas now, anytime he makes a movie, you're like, okay, what's the fucked up thing here? Yeah, exactly. You get so distracted by, you get so distracted by like the Haley Joel Osment, seeing dead people. You think that's what the movie's about. And that's really not what the movie's about. Okay. So we do have to sadly wrap this topic up. But before we do, Grace, what do you think is making people old? Okay, so famously, I'm on TikTok. I saw a TikTok that was kind of making fun of the movie old, and she said she was explaining the plot. So I'm going to say what she said was making people old because it makes so little sense that I feel like it doesn't spoil anything. And if you're still listening to this and you're mad at a spoiler, I don't know what to tell you. So I think what's making people old is magnets. Oh, okay. So what do you think is making people old? I don't really want to say because while trying to research for this topic, I was initially trying to read the basic plot line, thinking I was reading because, you know, there's so much setup in these movies. 
Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm just trying to read what the setup is. What's going, what's actually going on here? Because I mean, you get a lot of it in the trailer. It's family goes on vacation, they get on a beach, they get old. And then I started reading more details and I was like, okay, surely the people who work for this movie will not let the end come out. And (laughs) I don't know why you thought that because it's high budget. These high budget films usually are very good at like if something's on Wikipedia, if something's on Reddit, they shut that shit down. If it's a blockbuster movie, I find it hard to believe they can contain it. And I find it hard to believe that M. Night Shyamalan wants to shut down any publicity. Well, and this wasn't real publicity. This was just like, a, here's what happens in the movie. Yeah. And it's such an easy find that I was kind of pissed. So I kind of know what makes people old. And honestly, it kind of sucks. <laughs> it is. Well, it's because everyone's looking for a twist. And so as soon as someone sees the movie, what do they do? They go online and post what the twist is because everyone just wants to know what the twist is. So what's making people old? Can you tell me? Okay, if you're listening right now, I've made it clear. I'm still going to see it. I don't care if I get it spoiled. I I just want to make it clear to anyone who's listening. If you really want to preserve the excitement of what happens in the film, turn this off right now. We'll see you next week or you can turn it back on after you watch the film. Yeah, what I had read was it's a pharmaceutical company is working with this hotel to experiment drugs on people. So it's not actually the beach. They've been given drugs, which is fucking with their bodies. Oh, okay. I did see, yeah, because there's like, yeah, I, I know, oh, I know at one point during the movie, they theorized that it's magnets, but then it's an experimentation. I get it. Fine, cool, whatever. I'm going to see the movie. And guess what? I'm going to have a fun time. And I could be wrong. And if I am wrong, maybe, maybe what I read was like a misleading thing. So, if you if that's wrong, please report back and say that's wrong. And if you've already seen it and you're listening to this and you're like, that's wrong, add us and we'll we'll make an amendment. But that's what I read. And now I'm just like, great, I'll wait to stream it. But the only thing better than the movie old is all the memes about the movie old. The circle of life for M. Night Shyamalan is getting made fun of on the Internet after making a movie. And good for him. He will be famous forever. He will be remembered forever. And you know what? If he made like two good movies, that's enough. Some people don't even do that. So yeah, good for him. I'm still going to spend AMC's money seeing this movie. So so there you have it. That's that's our take on the movie old. Hopefully we didn't ruin it for you. But like Grace, you're still going to see it. Yeah. Grace, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Grace Piper. And you can find my other podcast doppelgangers about the hit CW show, The Vampire Diaries on your listening on your listening platform of choice or at doppelgangers podcast on Instagram. Bridget, where can everybody find you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Bridget underscore suck it. You can also find this podcast on the same platforms at the Gossier. Um, you can show your support by giving us a five-star review on Apple. It's not because we think we deserve the five stars. We just want people to know that we're a real podcast. Well, I think we deserve the five stars. I want to make that clear. Let that be clear. Uh, anything else? I think that's it. So 
I hope you guys are enjoying your summer. If you go to a beach, I hope you don't get old. But for now, we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening. Until next time, don't get old. Yeah, stay young, listeners. Stay famously young, baby. (laughs)